I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Yeah, it's Friday. Happy Friday. We are continuing our musical journey through the decades. It has been so much fun. Yeah, we've also got an origin back from the captain. Some things to check out on our playlist and lots to nerd out on. So I say we have some fun, get positive and end the week right. Yeah. Hey, Troy. Hi. I'm LeVar Burton. I told Pierce a thousand times I never wanted to meet LeVar in person I just wanted a picture You can't disappoint a picture I hate you, Pierce I hate you so much Let's rock it Kind of like when I ran into LeVar Burton in person I can't I can't. <laughs> oh my god! That was, where, where did you get that? That was awesome. Oh, that's where did community, that come from? man. That's community. Oh, I didn't see that episode. Oh my uh, god! Oh, oh my geez. gosh! You haven't seen that episode yet? Oh, that is Not one of yet. the best yet. episodes ever. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's god. you're okay. gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely love, it. especially when Troy starts singing "Butterfly in the Sky." Yeah. No, no. Oh, it's oh, it's good. <laughs> Welcome to the Rob Ryan Show. Nice. Thank you for joining us. Oh, very excited here, Captain Influence. Hello. Hey, Real Brian. How are you? No, oh, I'm I'm great now. <laughs> yeah. That was a good way to start the show, right there, <laughs> with a bang. You can't disappoint a picture. <laughs> ah! I hate you. Uh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you wipe, wipe the tears from my eyes now. Okay, go ahead. If you've never seen that episode with. Uh, LeVar Burton in it. Well, he actually is in a couple of episodes, but if you've never seen that one of Community, you have to watch that episode. It is so funny and so good in so many different ways, but you also got to kind of know the the show too. That that helps. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Still, I mean, you know what's funny is I've we're going back and rewatching, and I mentioned this before, Arrested Development. Yeah. Th- those first three seasons are, are just a beautiful work of genius. It really is incredible. I mean, totally. Ron, Ron Howard, right? Well, then... You've oh, got no. community, which is a beautiful, you know, thing of work too, and then the office. Of course, some people like it, some people don't. I'm just like finding new stuff is real. That's, I mean, that's that genius is really hard. <laughs> Wait, now you said Ron Howard. He just did the. All he did was the narration. I thought. I, I thought he was one he of was the producers. Involved. He might have been a producer, but I don't think he wrote Arrested Development. Well, I don't know. I, um, I just meant he was producing a lot of the show. I don't know. Okay, how. okay. There were a I lot of people who, involved with that. Yeah. Whoever, whatever their creative team was, Beautiful. they deserve statues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Statues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. They deserve statues. They deserve holidays, you know, monuments to their greatness. Give the writers of uh, Arrested Development the same day as like Flag Day or something like that. It's Flag Day yeah. and it's also the day we celebrate Arrested Development and the, the, and the creative team. <laughs> I'm a, obviously, you know, big time Phoenix Suns fan. Also love the Denver Nuggets, but the Suns swept the nuggets in four games and it was kind of a blowout. Yeah. And that created some tension of course. And, but I mean, the Suns just played brilliantly and 
commentators were saying that statistically the Suns had the number one defense right now uh, during the playoffs. So that really does make a difference in shutting down the other team. Well, there were tensions and uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, who is the uh, the Nuggets center and also won the MVP this year, which is awesome. First time I think any Nugget has ever won an MVP, which wow. is really, really cool. And I love the guy. He's great. He's incredible. He let his emotions get to him. You know, uh, he was upset that fouls weren't being called correctly. And I mean, there were times where they weren't and there were times where they were and they just didn't like the call. It just happens, right? What do they call it? A wind up. And he swung really, really hard at a guy to kind of swat the ball away. But he smacked the guy right in the nose. One of the Suns players oh, to dude. the point where he could have broken his nose and caused a pretty significant injury. They whistled him with what they call a flagrant two, meaning it was what do they call it? Like the, the it was a wind up, which was an intentional decision to act. Then there was the action and then there was the follow through. And when you have all three of those things, the player gets a flagrant two and then gets ejected from the game. So, you know, their, their star player MVP gets ejected and, you know, it was pretty much it at that point, but a lot of emotion, but anyway, you you don't do that and you're the MVP. And then I went, but if I was in his position, I, I would have been upset too. So I probably would not have done that, but I would have thought about it. So he goes up and apologizes afterwards and said, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. That was totally big of him. I mean, you have to expect those players have such a, such a high intensity of passion for what they're doing. And if, and if, and if your team is getting shut out of an important series of games, yeah, that's, there's, there's a, you have a higher chance of reacting, you know? So totally, I get it. And it's awesome that he apologized. That's the best thing. Yeah, totally. And also fans were getting into it and there was a, a fight that oh, really? happened. Yeah. At the nuggets arena. At, yeah. It is. What do they call it now? Ball ball <laughs> arena used to be the Pepsi center. I mean, Pepsi center sounded cool. You know, it was Pepsi it's center. Ever since it's the always really yeah, they now named it's it again. ball arena. So anyway, there was, there was uh. a fight between a Suns fan and a nuggets fan that went viral. And anyway, it was, it was kind of ridiculous, but apparently, and you know, this is all hearsay, but the guy was, the Suns fan was like, Suns in four, Suns in four. It was probably instigating. That's my theory. Sure, of course. And the Nuggets sure fan was like, whatever, man. You know, and then he decided, the Nuggets <laughs> fan decided to take his beer and pour it over the head of the Suns guy. Yeah. Which is dumb. Right. Like, okay, know, you no, just invited a fight, you know, and okay, now that's, we were talking about fighting last week. So then, yeah. you know, the Nuggets guy is like starting to walk away and then he comes back and like throws a punch on the Suns guy. Well, the Suns guy got the best of him. He grabbed him and started just hammering the guy in the face with his fist like multiple times. And so then the guy left and he's bloody, you know, and and this is all on video. Some some captured this whole thing on video. And then, of course, security came and I don't know what happened after that. But here's a positive thing. The Suns won. Second positive thing is ice cold key lime LaCroix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 100 degrees outside here. I am. I'm drinking an ice cold drink today. Mm. Me too. Oh, that is terrific. Peter. Is it like ice water, though? Oh, very ice water. Yes. With, with a spritz of lime. Oh yeah. Oh, so it's like what I'm drinking almost. Dude, speaking of refreshing something you consume. Yes. This last weekend, right before flag day. Yeah. I was with some friends at a uh, potluck. I found my new salad. Oh, very simple. I don't eat much salad anymore because I'm very, very particular about salad. Well, I found one that I'm going to go nuts over and it is just baby spinach. Sliced strawberries, mm-hmm. feta cheese, yep. Romano, shaved Romano cheese, mm-hmm. and red onions. No dressing needed. I mean, you can if you want. You could put a raspberry vinaigrette or whatever on it. Didn't need it. It was so delicious. 
I was so excited. I, I've never been so excited about a food in a very long time. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually surprised you're eating that without a dressing, but I that's, just didn't feel the need for it. Yeah, better, man, that's yeah. healthier. I love that, dude. You know, a raspberry vinaigrette or even just an oil and vinegar would be fine. The, the sliced strawberries were enough sweet that I didn't need to add anything else. It was really wonderful. It was just, yeah. Wait, are your dressings sweet usually? Well, yeah, a raspberry vinaigrette, a vinaigrette, any, any dressing I would put on a spinach salad with any fruit in it would be sweet. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like an oil and vinegar only is not sweet, but it would mix well with, at least I think it would mix well with all that. It might. It might. Yeah. 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 yeah that's good, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of fruit, another thing that we consume is bananas periodically, you know, and one of the things we've been doing with COVID is we wash the, well, you should be doing this anyway, washing bananas after you get them from the store. Really? We never really thought about it. You just kind of go, oh, whatever, throw them in there. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and and we learned this like probably a few years ago where they said, you know, you really should wash your fruit and vegetables, especially stuff that's like like spinach and lettuce. You definitely want to wash that, of course. Right. But they're saying you should even be washing stuff with peels and, you know, things you're not going to eat. And I thought, okay, whatever. And then they said with COVID, definitely you should because of, you know, the the contact and transmission Mm. and all that good stuff. So we just got in in the uh, habit of it. Anyway, we had gotten some bananas and, and I was asking Sarah where they were and she said, well, they're in the bathroom. Why, why are the bananas in the bathroom? I was like, well, I was washing them I'm like in the toilet. Like, no, I'm like, why wouldn't you wash the bananas? You know, those little hanger things that you get for the bananas. You could just hang them and kind of dangle them in the toilet bowl and just flush the toilet a few times, you know, and wash the bananas in the toilet. Okay. Stop right there. That's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> no. That's I mean, I have a that, brand new toilet and even I wouldn't do that. So <laughs> Oh my gosh. That didn't happen, by the way. When I was a kid, I had a friend who was trying to convince me that after you flushed, the toilet water was clean enough that you could dip a cup in there and drink it. <laughs> He's like, No, it's safe. Trust me, it's good. Just dip your glass in there. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel mean. good about this because I see like pink mold and other things in your toilet it's like no it's clean i swear you know and, and of course i never did but thank god <laughs> you didn't get diphtheria that oh day. that's my awesome. gosh that's just nasty to even think about and no sarah did not wash the bananas in the toilet so she had washed the bananas in the kitchen sink but because for whatever reason the kitchen was really hot at that moment and so she moved them onto the counter of the bathroom to stay cooler because it was so hot and she didn't want Still them gross. to over ripen okay. yeah so you know, but who wouldn't want to try washing bananas in the toilet once? Me. Pretty much everybody, right? Oh, here's yeah. here's another one. This is hilarious. I didn't know this, but my Chick-fil-A. So we went to Chick-fil-A, by the way. First time in about a year. Mm. I know. You're talking about good food, and I'm like, oh, Chick-fil-A. Oh, well, I had a, a free birthday thing that I needed to use before it expired still. I did not realize that on my Chick-fil-A app, it is under Real Brian. I didn't. Oh, I, yeah, because I just signed up as the real Brian because why not? You know, I thought it was funny. Well, the guy's like, I have an order here for real. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, who's real? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Not sure. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Okay. So exciting news on the video front. As you know, this has been a journey. If you remember Jason Bryant, he was on the real Brian show way back in the beginning. He's a friend. He's been a friend. He and I quote better off dead together. He's your better off dead friend. Okay. Exactly. He's, he's my better off dead friend. <laughs> better off dead friend. 
So we were discussing the video stuff and he's like, oh man, I, I, I've been working on this stuff too. I'll sit down with you. And so we were working through some stuff and he was showing me more on OBS and long story short, I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, I still don't really want to use OBS. It's very complicated. There's a lot of hands-on stuff while on the fly, which cuts into my focus when I'm talking. I looked into StreamYard and everyone's raving about StreamYard and this is awesome. And so I thought, okay, well, 20 bucks a month, eh. You know, and the thing is, you think it's not that bad. It's just $20 a month. It adds up just like all of your streaming services add up to be bigger than a cable bill these days. So I'm looking at a stream yard and I'm thinking, okay, fine. I guess I could just, you know, pull the plug and pay $20 a month to do this kind of thing. And I look at this and I'm like, wait a minute. On the $40 a month plan, it says broadcast in 1080p. So the $20 a month plan doesn't allow you to broadcast in 1080p. Who even broadcasts in less than 1080p anymore on YouTube? The answer is no one, if you want to be taken seriously. So I'm like, wait a minute. So you have to pay $40 a month to do the bare minimum on YouTube? Come on. <laughs> I can understand the free plan is 720p max. That's fine. But any paid plan at all should be at least 1080p. That should not even be a question. So I'm, I'm now over to Ecamm, which is slightly cheaper than StreamYard. It's Mac only. And also here's the thing. Their low plan that you pay for is 1080p and their high plan is 4k. So I'm like, well, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I'm excited. The more I've looked into Ecamm, I know the reason I didn't go with it in the first place is because I didn't want to spend money. I was trying to be cheap. You were trying your other, you're trying to be fiscally responsible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fiscally responsible. We have Patreon supporters, which is awesome. And that pays for the costs of the show. And now I'm going above that, unfortunately. So now it's coming out of pocket which is why I didn't really want to do that because I was trying to keep everything managed, yeah. which we you know with what's coming in and making sure that the resources that are, uh, are being provided for us, which I can't tell you how appreciative I am that, that we utilize those resources in a wise way and that we don't, you know, we don't use them for anything else. So now we're above and beyond that, but I decided I'm going to go with Ecamm. That's fine. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It does everything I want it to do. And unfortunately it's $32 a month, which is just going to come out of pocket, but it is what it is. And it'll be easy to use, but tell them the the last, the final caveat. We're going to be testing it out next week because you are going to be here in person again for two weeks straight, actually. So we're going to do, because we're both vaccinated now and and comfortable, we're going to do the in-studio thing, which will be awesome. I mean, unless it's a nice day, in which case we can sit outside. Why not? But we'll um, we'll see what goes. I'm doing a 14-day trial right now, by the way, just to test it out to make sure that I absolutely want to use it, you know. But it doesn't allow you to, to connect with their interview system on the free thing, which I'm like, Right, the trial version. So that's why we're not doing it today. Yeah, and it says all pro features are included in the trial version, but oh, but not that one. Oh, and not this one. Oh, and not this one. And I'm like, come on, people. Oh, you guys. Whatever, though. The good news is we we can't, it will work next week and the week after. And so we may actually push it. Are we going to actually be on YouTube next week? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're so. still reluctant to promise anything anymore at this point well, no, but, because uh, I just keep running into issues that I'm like, oh, yeah. got to figure that one out. And that's OK. You know, it's like you got to fix them. Yeah. You got to. Fig- Here's the thing, though. We're going to record next week one way or the other. Well, yeah. And if we're comfortable with how everything's working and it looks good, then why not? We'll make a fool of ourselves. We'll see what happens. Probably, though. Here's what I would do. If we go live at all, I will broadcast to a private stream. And if anyone is interested, you can get in touch with me and say, hey, I want to join. By the way, we record next week on Tuesday. If you are hearing this in time and you want to join the private stream, let me know. Email me, message me, whatever. It will be 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. So you know, let us know if you want to join. Tuesday the 22nd. Yeah. 
So excited me. Excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you have an origin this week. Yay. Bring back the origins. I do. And you know what? Hey, uh, I have to thank Mark. The Wraith. The Wraith, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Mark the Mark Wraith. Mark the Wraith gave Brian two suggestions for origins. Uh, and I wrote both of them down and I'm using the first one today. Okay. Which one is and it? And that phrase is balls to the wall. Oh, yeah. Now, balls to the wall has absolutely no sexual connotations. So we're okay here. Most of us know that it's an English, English phrase, meaning that to, to go all out or go as fast as you can, right? Mm-hmm. Go that direction, go balls to the wall. Just go as fast as you can, run as fast as you can, yeah. fly as fast as you can. And if something gets so, in the way, turn. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> now, there are two theories for the origin of this phrase. Number one, according to the Urban, Urban Dictionary and several other online references, the term was first used by jet pilots in the mid-20th century. When accelerating quickly, the throttle is pushed all the way to the panel, and the throttle lever with a little ball at the end that you hold on to actually touches the panel or wall, wow. hence balls to the wall. But then there's a second theory that I found, according to some other dude in the Ur- Urban Dictionary and a few other sources online, this term significantly predates airplanes altogether. The term, quote, balls to the wall, originated with James Watt's invention of the centrifugal governor used on early steam engines circa 1774, which of course was well before air flight. 1774. Hmm. So when steam engines were in their infancy, James Watt invented, it was a mechanical regulator, contained a pair of hinged lever arms with a ball on the end of each arm. And as the engine sped up, the centrifugal force caused the arms to raise up and thereby closing a valve. If you adjust the regulator so that the arms go to horizontal, all the way up, with the balls pointing at the wall of the chamber, without closing the valve, you are not limiting the speed of the engine. So it was was like an early engine governor. Over the years, these types of governors were adapted for use on various other types of engines, including many aircraft engines. So there's a second theory. Okay. Now, here's the captain's conclusion. All right. Given the popular use of the phrase... I'm more inclined to believe the direct origin is the first one about jet pilots, but the argument for the earlier origin is also compelling. So I'm kind of leaning towards the first one, but the second one is more, I don't know, intellectual almost. So anyway, I'm I'm on the fence on this one, but those are the two theories I found. I appreciate it. Well, knowing fighter pilots, balls to the wall is definitely a type of phrase that they would use. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I would lean towards that one too, but you know, Hey, I like them both. Maybe they were both true. Yeah, maybe maybe the original term, which was just like an engineering term, like the like the engineers who developed the jet airplanes, the fighter jocks heard them saying it sometimes, and they picked it up and adapted it to their own yeah their own applications. So interesting, you know, you could just hear Chuck Yeager back in the day, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go balls to the wall, <laughs> break the sound barrier, die gum. I love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was awesome. So, so thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. This just goes it. to show if you listeners will throw a phrase that we haven't done an origin on yet or an object that we haven't done an origin on that you're curious about and you don't want to Google it yourself and you'd rather hear me tell you about it, throw it at us. I'll, I'll totally yeah. grab onto it if I like it. So yeah, that'd be great. Well, we have been nerding out for the last couple of weeks on music and we're taking that little journey through, you know, the decades, journey through the decades. Oh, it's yeah, I love it. And we, I've been having a lot of fun with this, you know, going back through music and finding stuff. And I got, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for the, the future decades that we're going to be talking about. So this week we're talking about 2000 to 2009. So the 2000s of music, 
I thought this was going to be an easier decade for me, and and it was, but it was still not that easy. And there's <laughs> just so many good songs out there. There's so many good songs, so many th- songs that I loved, and we won't be able to mention them because there's not enough time for that. Of course, there are going to be songs missed that I would normally mention or that you might think should have been mentioned. And of course, every single person has different styles, different tastes. My picks are not yours and your picks are not mine, but we're having fun and we're sharing stories. So Captain, you go first. Well, and we hope you listen to the songs we're sharing. That That's yeah. the part that we're excited about is sharing. We, Brian and I both love to share music. Yeah. Obviously, Brian has more music to share than I do because he's always finding new music he likes, whereas I'm far slower at finding new music I like. But yeah. I love sharing music that I like with other people. Oh, yeah. It's a blast. I'm going to go from five to one okay. on my top five. Okay. So number five by Massive Attack with Sinead O'Connor from their 100th Window album. It's called Special Cases. Nice. It's from their fourth album. This group was a, Massive Attack was a progenitor, possibly the progenitor of the trip-hop genre back in the early 90s. Hmm. And a lot of my favorites on the next show will be from these guys. Okay. Number four, uh, the band Blue States, or the group Blue States. Uh, The song is called The Trainer Shuffle. And the reason I like this song is because, the reason it's on my top five is because this song, probably more than any other song, reminds me of my first trip to the one-of-a-kind Burning Man oh. back in 2005. Interesting. Every time I hear that song, I never get sick of it because it always reminds me of Burning Man. Number three, The Coors. Yay! Their song, All in a Day. Big song. This song was huge during a serious transition in my life when I moved from Nebraska to start a new life in Fort Collins back in 2000. Oh, cool. Or 2001, I guess. It was 2001. Okay. Number two. And this was kind of hard to get. Number two and number one were really close. Uh, number yeah. two, uh, the band M80, the guy, I keep calling him bands, but yeah. often these groups are just a, a dude. Yeah. M83, the yeah. French guy, M83, who was really big about 10 years ago. Yeah. I <laughs> kind love, of I went away. Though, yeah. The song Skin of the Night from his album, uh, Saturdays Equal Youth. It is so 80s. This song was my first exposure to what I commonly term now as neo 80s music. Yeah. I was a child of the 80s. I watched MTV growing up like you would not believe. And so I have a really, I have a strong affinity towards 80s music. But then I had never heard new sounding 80s music until that song. So Skin of the Night by M83. Sweet. And number one, drum roll please. The band Afterlife, the song Take Me Inside, the Christoph Goes mix, by the way. There's a couple mixes of the song, Take Me Inside, but the Christoph Goes mix that was my first exposure to a long line, long time favorite artist and chill electronic in general. So nice. I've got an honorable mention list. We'll put them in our uh, Spotify mix. Okay. Mention your top, your top five then just. Real so, quick. Okay. So top five in the honorable mentions, drop the fear is a band from Denver. The song goodbye. My roommate was a friend of one of the bandmates and he, he'd party with us once in a while, but there was a flash in the pan band. They, they had one album, then they disappeared. They broke up. But it's a great album. Junkie XL, he was a, he was oh, yeah. a fairly popular techno DJ uh-huh. back in the day. The song Beauty Never Fades. Back when I was playing Eve Online, there's a really, really good, just pumps you up kind of if you're an Eve fan, demo video on YouTube that is done to this, to this song, Beauty Never Fades. And I've never forgotten it. The band Underworld, which is another big favorite of mine the mm-hmm. next, in the next episode, the song Crocodile. And then Seal, everyone knows Seal. Oh, yeah. The song Heavenly. Mm-hmm. And then Lisa Shaw, she's kind of a down-tempo, chill artist. The song, I'm Okay. Nice. So, cool. Yeah. All of these songs that you share and that I share are all going to be in our 
Spotify mix. So make sure to go check it out. It is, it's called TRBS top 2000 to 2009. All of those are listed in there. So we'll link them in the actual show notes too. So if you go to realbrianshaw.com slash 285, you'll be able to actually just click on the link, go there, check all these songs out. Yeah. And we'll have them all in there, including all of your honorable mentions, which is more than what you just mentioned. So yeah, right. very cool. All right, so I'll go through mine as quickly as I can here. My first, I'm, I, by the way, this was my first song, but most of them are not in any particular order. I just can't do orders, but this song was special to me, and that was Dido, White Flag. Man, I loved this song. Absolutely loved this song. I got to go to Taiwan in 2004 and also in 2005 for school, and it was, oh my gosh, once in a lifetime trip, first of all. And of course, naturally, like many of us, I had a playlist. I still have that playlist from the trip to Taiwan. And there wow. was this one night where we were at dinner. It was really cool. I mean, first of all, it was just an amazing trip. You know, you you were having like once in a lifetime experiences. You know, you're one of my, I think it was my first time overseas, actually. So I'd never, I'd never done that before. But we were having this, this great conversation at dinner and Dido White Flag came on. And it was really interesting because then I looked outside. It had been raining, by the way. I looked outside and it was literally like time stopped. And if you can think of, if you've seen the X-Men movies, you know, where Quicksilver comes in and like time slows down and he's running and you've seen it in movies where they, time just kind of slows down. It's really cool. Or like in the matrix where they're in that simulation and time slows down and everything stops. Exactly. It was the weirdest thing because it looked, when I was looking out the window, it looked like people had come down to almost a stop and the rain like stopped falling in mid fall. It was weird. I'd never ever experienced that before in my life. And while white flag was playing, it was just kind of this realization that it was like, I'm living in the moment. And I finally understood what it was to live in that moment and enjoy the Mm. moment. You know, people talked about it all my life. I just never thought about it, you know, and it's hard to live in the moment. And so when that happened, it was just like, Oh man, what? Wow. That was so cool. And it's a good reminder and it's just a beautiful song. So there you go. There's Dido's white flag. You two beautiful day. I love this song. The lyrics are awesome. And it's also a story from Taiwan because one of the days we were there, woke up in the morning and I was rooming with my, uh, my friend Ryan. And so it's like, Oh cool. You know, we're, and by the way, we're in this like really nice hotel in Taipei and we're, it's a high rise hotel. And so we had a beautiful view. So I was like, oh, I was crank on some music while we're waking up and getting ready, you know, and all that. And my friend Ryan walks over to the windows and is like, yeah, I'm going to open the window, the shades open. And it was <laughs> like, as he swings, as he throws open the shades, the chorus comes on when, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful day. And this is like, whoa. And the sun comes in and it was like, he didn't plan that too. It was the funniest thing. And you just kind of go, wow, that was awesome. You look outside and it was glorious because the rain had stopped from the night before. Absolutely beautiful day in, in Taipei. Wow. <laughs> just awesome. I think it was the same day that we went to the marble Canyon in Taiwan, which is very famous by the way. It's a subtropical region. So it's just lush and gorgeous and, you know, they actually have real marble throughout the entire canyon and just an amazing time. So anyway, those are some great memories. Next one and make fun of this one all you want, but Mandy Moore. (laughs) I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Mandy Moore. Oh, well, I didn't actually listen to any of her other music. I listened to this song particularly and it was the My Only Hope. This song was actually written by Switchfoot, the band Switchfoot called My Only Hope gorgeous song have you ever seen the movie a walk to remember no okay that was a nicholas sparks novel which i did not read the novel but i watched the movie and i loved the movie it's just a really cool story it's beautiful it's it's incredible 
Okay. So Mandy Moore acted in it. The song was in the movie. The Switchfoot version, you know, is full instruments and the Mandy Moore version is piano, orchestra and her singing. And, you know, she has a beautiful voice. So it was really, really cool. This was also something I had the privilege of performing. I played the piano and a friend of mine sang the song. And so it was just like, I can't, I had to learn this by ear too, by the way, there was no music out there for it. So I was like, okay, I got to learn this song by ear. We had to practice so many times and then we performed it. And it was just like, this was, it was just a special time. And it was just such a, a cool song. And I will, in the playlist, by the way, I'll include the Mandy Moore version of the song as well as the original Switchfoot version too. So you can hear the difference. It's cool. Oh, yeah, this, okay. this next one I had to throw in just because I still love this song and listen to it over and over and over. Uh, I don't really have a story for it, but I just love it so much. And it was part of my playlist throughout the two thousands. And that was stained. It's been a while. My last one in the top five was of course, Evanescence bring me to life. That band dude. I, I love that. And I know some people cannot stand that band or her voice. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, why. I know you're one I, of them too. I know that they're clearly a talented band. That's it's just something thing. about her voice rubs me the wrong yeah. way. But I don't, I, I can't explain it. What I love about it is that she was classically trained. And so she brings that talent to rock music, which is not something you hear often. Oh, and when that first bring me to life song came out, you're just like, <laughs> what? And then of course I love the entire album and I've been an Evanescence fan ever since. So there you go. Yeah. Honorable mentions. I'll mention these uh, pretty quickly though. Coldplay. I had to throw in Coldplay clocks because, Oh yes. What a great song. First of all. And, and second of all, this song is least, I think it's the first song that I can remember anyway, that introduced that, that syncopated rhythm that they do, you know, that, you know, that, yeah. And it became like the Coldplay beat that we used to joke. And a lot of artists started to copy them after that. And of course, being a pianist, you know, cool song to play. So Coldplay is kind of like Nickelback. They're fun to make fun of because it's, they're like a shill. You know, everyone makes fun of Coldplay, right? Oh, yeah. But Clocks is just a good song. And it was a very unique song. And, oh, yeah. and uh, granted, though, it was grossly overplayed. I mean, it was oh, yeah. it was everywhere for a couple of years. And that so, was but, the problem. Is it overplayed? Yeah. But the but I really appreciate was, the song. Yeah, and The Scientist was a great one, too, that I, I was kind of going back and forth between those. But Clocks was just so revolutionary that I had to use that one. Yeah. Plum. Plum with a B. Plumba. Oh, the song, it's called Cut. This is cool. It showcases her voice. She has an amazing voice, by the way. Very, very well trained. It's very powerful. But the other cool part about this song is that it addresses the problem of cutting. And so it brought not only awareness to the issue of cutting, but also ended up becoming a support to those who dealt with cutting. People who cut themselves. Yeah. From, you know, interesting. Yeah. So it was a very interesting song and I thought just well done in so many ways. And of course, learning that on the piano is, is awesome because it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Red. I love this band. If anyone's ever heard of the band red, they're awesome. They came out in 2006. Breathe into me was the first song I ever heard of them. It introduced me to them. They're still going. They're awesome. And here was the thing to me. Reds breathe into me is when, in my opinion, Christian music finally introduced real rock and not cheesy rock. You know, <laughs> they were the first band to kind of take it to a whole new level, which was really cool. Huh. Group one crew. Speaking of uh, Christian stuff, this was the first Christian hip hop song where I same kind of thing was just like, Oh, Hey, we've got some good hip hop finally. And it took off. Now this one, a lot of people are going to love this one, especially if you were a Smallville fan. I had to throw Remy Zero Save Me because it's a theme from Smallville. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. And that song, of course, played a lot because you heard it every single episode. Every and, episode, yeah. Oh, man, what a great song. I love that song. And then my my last five really, really quickly were uh, P.O.D., Boom. I just, I loved a lot of early P.O.D. stuff. Switchfoot, Dare You to Move, Disciple, Game On. This song is our game song, by the way. It's awesome. Breaking Benjamin. I, I loved that band. Actually, I will not bow. That's a great song. And then Lincoln Park in the end. 
throwing those out. Lincoln Park. Yeah. Those are some good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, good. Good list. Yeah. Again, they'll all be on the show notes at realbrianshow.com slash 285 and in our Spotify playlist. So go check them out. All right. Couple quick TV shows on our honk list. I wanted to share these very, very quickly because I'm excited. First of all, I finished season seven of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Okay. Wow. If you are a Star Wars fan, you must watch it. I mean, it's, it's really, really well done. I, I know. I know there's so much on my list to get to, but I think I might give it a try because you've convinced me off air that it's, it's not JJ Star Wars. No, I, I'm going to give it a try and let you know what I think. It's good George Lucas Star Wars and it's Dave Filoni Star Wars. And I, we, we talked about Dave Filoni in the, when we were doing the Mandalorian, Mandalorian commentary right. and he had done a couple of episodes in there that I just was like the one with, with Ahsoka Tano actually was just like, Oh, I right. love, he's such a good writer. He did Star Wars rebels. He did Star Wars clone wars. So good. Not every clone wars episode is good by the way, but a lot of them really are. And I think it's the story we all deserved and it, yeah. it, it did take place, okay. you know, between episode two and episode three of star Wars rebels takes place between episode three and four i think pre luke okay so i mentioned this with star wars jedi order i'll just mention this very quickly order 66 for those of you who either don't know what that is or forgot what that was that was the order that emperor palpatine or at the time chancellor palpatine he wasn't the emperor quite yet had ordered the clones to execute order 66 which was to hunt down and kill all the jedi which which we all saw in episode three yeah and it was a very dark time obviously in the story what they did was explain a little more in depth on what that order 66 actually meant and why the clones turned on them so quickly. Okay. And also you get to see it from Ahsoka's perspective too, which is really, really powerful. So good stuff there. Highly recommended. I'm going to be checking out star Wars, the bad batch next. All right. Mighty ducks game changers. I brought this up last week. If you are a hockey fan or if you have seen the mighty ducks movies, I highly recommend this show. It's really good. Season one just finished up. I I got all the way through um, the first nine episodes and getting ready to go to the season finale, but I was I was sucked in. It's really well done. And then I mentioned Lupin. You remember Lupin? Lupin. Lupin. Season two is out on Netflix now. It just came out, so it's oh, on my quick. it's on my list. I'm getting ready to to well, I'll check it out soon. And then speaking of Netflix, was a show called Sweet Tooth, which popped up, and I was like, the heck is this thing? It yeah. is a DC comics show written by Jeff Lemire, actually, and I've heard of him through a lot of different things, but also Robert Downey Jr. and his wife is producing the show. So Iron Man's it, producing the show. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I, and it's gotten really great reviews. Actually, it's, it's like, it's like an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, which is oh, good. Interesting. And it's a, okay. So I don't know much about the premise, but pretty much what I do know is that it's post-apocalyptic and because of whatever kids that are being born are half animal, half human. And so they have these, of course, special abilities and they're also being hunted and yada, yada, yada. And anyway, it's a DC comic. So it's like, dude, I, I got to check this out. The other I've one is uh, from Disney Plus is the new Loki. Yes. Of, of Marvel and that, 9.1 out of 10. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the first episode. I guess they're two in now. I haven't started watching as I'm waiting to We're my wife and I are finishing something else first, but we will watch this. And I've I've been told the first episode is fantastic. Awesome. And it takes place. In an alternate timeline where okay. you remember in a uh, end game, can I tell him this? Go for it. Cause I don't even know what's going on. And I was wondering so, about this in the part in end game where, you know, they go back in time and, and steal all of the infinity stones from their different places in the timeline on one of those where Loki 
grabs the Tesseract and kind of walks away with it. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. At the end of it takes place first after Avengers. that. Okay. Yeah. It takes place after that. So. so do you need to have seen all the way through Endgame or just that? I don't know. I, cause I haven't watched it yet, but okay. um, I think it would, I think it would certainly help because Endgame explains how that's possible because Loki did die like legit die in the timeline that Endgame is in. Yeah. Okay. So this is like an alternate timeline. You did that rewatch of the Marvel movies and I've been doing that too. I'm a little bit slower than you on that, but I am going through and watching those and I, I feel like I need to refresh my memory on some of that stuff before I start Loki. Take what I'm telling you with a grain of salt, but I, I have been told it's fantastic and obviously the ratings are really high. So yeah, it's good to see, man. It's good to see good shows coming out and I know Black Widow's coming out in the theaters here in July, I think. Finally. Finally. Yeah. We've been still wondering when the heck Dune's coming out, but you know, I don't know. They probably gave up on that. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe the whole movie got swallowed by a sandworm or something. I don't know, but it you know, clearly whatever. did. Yes. It's interesting. Somebody predicted to me, I think it was beginning of COVID. Somebody was saying, I feel like TV shows are going to take over the movies as far yeah, as well. the quality and the production value and the storytelling and just the excellence of them. And I feel like that's exactly what's been happening, which yeah, in some ways is sense. really good. But in another way, I, I do. I love movies and I want to go back to the theater here soon. So, yeah, just that experience, eating popcorn, drinking a soda, yeah, having come a out. pizza, whatever. Come out for some laughs. Yeah, exactly. Come out to the coast. Oh, speaking yeah. of that, I want to go see Quiet Place 2. I loved the first one. Yeah. Mm. Do it. Have Do you? It. Yeah. We, when you're no, out here. I, I haven't seen the first one. I don't watch uh, horror films anymore. It's not so. horror, man. It's suspense. It's sci-fi suspense. Oh, well, then maybe. C- kind of like Alien. <laughs> it's, oh, it, it, oh, well, it, then. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll play it by ear. <laughs> I don't like horror either. I know uh, a lot of people do. Lord Thunder does. And, and actually, I so, love good horror. It's just not good oh. anymore. Usually. So, yeah. Okay. So no, to me and that's okay. So one of my neighbors loves horror movies and he and I were talking about this. He was not wanting to watch a quiet place as much originally because it's more suspense and less horror, but he mm-hmm. went and watched it and thought, oh, wow, this is, yeah, he liked it a lot. It, it's really, okay. really well done. I thought it was fun. So. So I see, I need to see the first one before we see the second one. So for sure. And if, if so, yeah. then maybe we, uh, maybe we take a trip to the theater while you're out here. We'll see. Deep thoughts with captain influence. If you ever get into a tickle contest with a grizzly bear, let the bear win before it is even your turn. This will allow you to live another day because you shouldn't have gotten into the contest in the first place. Oh, you know what the music means. I do, I do, I do. I actually am going to try getting into a tickle fight with a bear. That's a great idea. Or a mountain lion. You just have to go up in the hills and yeah. pick one. So, All yeah. Right. Challenge accepted. Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week. Don't forget to go to the show notes, realbryanshow.com, and have a glorious week. Real Brian Show, sign off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.